Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Say Things, episode 29, sponsored by absolutely nobody. Suns fan here with the great Cinderwin. How has your week been, Cinderin? Tell us all about it. Uh, it's been it's been pretty good, you know. Uh, I've first of all, we have something to look forward to that we actually haven't talked about on the podcast. I'm getting a dog in a week. Whoa! Um, Tell us all about. So it. we could we could talk about that if you Do want. Do it. Yeah, give so it to we're me. We're getting um, we're getting a Nova Scotia Duck Tolling Retriever, which is apparently the longest dog breed name in the world, as it turns out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so my girlfriend has had a dog before growing up. This will be my first pet. So Can you repeat that name? I'm going to Google it real quick. Nova Scotia Duck mm-hmm. Tolling Retriever. Got it. All right, let's take and a they look are at this. Very adorable. Oh, sorry. Um, For people watching or listening, don't worry. Or people listening, I should say. I, I'm not showing this on stream. This is up to you to Google. Mm-hmm. Very cute. So kind of yeah, like so, long-haired and almost golden retriever-ish. Yes. Not, I don't know much I about think dogs. The easiest way to explain it for people that don't know the breed is that it's it's like a red-brown golden retriever, and they're a bit smaller. Um, and supposedly what they were originally bred for was, uh, how to say, if you think about how you, um, how you have sheepdog and how they, you know, herd the sheep, uh, this mm-hmm. is a hunting dog that in quotation marks, I guess, herds the ducks. So instead of only retrieving the duck, which plenty of retrievers do, these dogs have a somehow have the intelligence to understand that circling around them so they don't escape is a strategy as well. So for hunters, you can teach this dog to, or it instinctively will circle around the prey so that you can shoot it, and then they will also retrieve it. So it's like an added element of intelligence, I guess. So We're not going to go hunting, though. We are not hunting with the dog. But um, what if you turn it around and you get a duck as a pet as well, in addition to this dog, and they become a friends? duck as a pet. Yes. This is Denmark, Sunspin. We don't have ducks as pets. Why not? I feel like of any country that would make sense, it's Denmark. <laughs> no, that would be the U.S. Because <laughs> literally anything as pets and what anything as food. Wait, what do we have as pets that you don't? kind of a statement is that it's ridiculous to say i don't know everything do you guys have obesity obesity (laughs) as pets that's not i mean my stomach is kind of my pet i suppose but never leaves my side so i feel like you have uh, part of me fermented cheese as a pet it categorizes as a pet in the u.s okay very interesting uh go on please so yeah um well what is there to say we're getting a little male it'll be eight weeks old when Mm -hmm. we get it in a week and yeah that's gonna be really really exciting you're going to snip new. those testicles? Uh, not for starters, at least. Uh, so that's not the plan. You're going to eventually? 
Maybe. I don't know. We we haven't decided that yet. Really? We haven't made the decision. Yes. You're going to let that, that dog just bang anything that walks then, is what you're saying. I think... So again, I don't I don't know how it works in the States. The way you just said it, it sounds like that's a surprise and that the norm is definitely to do that. I actually don't know how it is in Denmark. It uh, is definitely the norm, yes. Unless mm-hmm. you're breeding. Right. Yeah. That's not the... Well, wait, are now. you saying it's not the norm or you don't know what the norm is? I don't know what the norm is in Denmark. Okay. Okay. But the way you said it, it sounded like it's very unusual in the US, which is interesting. I don't I don't know if it's the same here, but um interesting. Yeah. All right, so we get more so updates that's really from cool. you in a week. That's great to hear. Sindan. Yeah. Maybe uh maybe if you're lucky you'll get a picture. I mean, I do have a picture. Wow. If you want to see it, I can actually show it on the camera. Should I show you? I'll show you. Please do. I would love to see this. Uh let me just find this. Sorry um, audio people in advance. This is Great for audio. <laughs> <laughs> describe it. Describe every detail so that they don't need to open the YouTube video. Okay, let me see. So I need to see that you can see this. Oh, it's going to be on your phone. I see. Okay. Yeah. Oh, look at you. You're all smiley. Very nice. How cute. Oh, that's very oh, cute, it's a actually. Bit blurry though. No, we can see. I don't know why this isn't sharper than this. Oh, now I switched off. Great. We got the idea. Thank you, Cinderin. Ah, help. <laughs> okay. Very cute. Have you named it's, it him? Yeah, yes. So is it's it Trolls? original. No, <laughs> that's me. Its original like name that. is Atlas. They named mm-hmm. all the dogs with the letter A. And we are going to call it Loi, which is the Danish word for onion. I'm sorry. Can you say that again, please? Loi. Loi? Loi. That's, you're naming your dog Loi. No, Loi. Loi. And it means what? That was actually pretty good. Onion. Your name... Onion. I just want to make sure Mm -hmm. I understand. You're naming it Onion. Yeah. And you're not trolling me right now. I am not trolling you right now. The name of your dog will be Onion. Correct. Why? I need to understand before I make fun of you. This has a bit of history. (laughs) So... We were talking about what we should name our dog, and I don't know, we were just coming up with ideas, and I, I, th- I feel like it was my idea originally, uh, just based on its, like, its color scheme, and like translating names like that is a bit weird, because you know, it's a lot, especially for me with dogs, it's a lot about the sound of the word, right? I would never advise anybody to name their dog Onion, but the Danish word for it sounds good as a dog call. And okay. it also like just the sound of the word also sounds cuter and it's one syllable and it's very unique. So when you're calling your dog, nobody else has a similar name for the dog. So all of those things, I think, matter. Everyone's making so fun of it. me because one of my cat's name is Bucket. Yeah, I, feel like I don't know if I would have gone for that either, but, you know. Bucket is a good make, name. Go ahead and make I can, fun of me. I can yell and say... You fucking bucket! And it sounds good to say out loud, right? And then right. the other two are very cute. There's Pookie and Monkey. Those are very cute. Apparently, Pookie means vagina in Tagalog. So that was... You literally named an animal the name of another animal. Yes, Monkey. Think I've always wanted. I've always wanted a cat named Monkey. It's just okay. the best name, you know? I feel like you should not be in a position to judge me at all for my decision. <laughs> I, I, I want people in the YouTube comments, I guess, is the best place to put it. Do you prefer uh-huh. the name monkey for a cat or onion for a dog? Okay. That's all this we need to This is not hear. a fair comparison because... 
<laughs> You're uh, tomato. Hmm. Tomato, or, or come it, here, please. Tomato. Is it fair? Is it fair? I don't know. How is it not fair? Please tell me. I, I was just thinking about how it would sound if I named an, a pet bucket, but the Danish word, which is spent. Spent? I don't know. If, spent, like span. It's, it's very aggressive. Little, I like it. A little tighter. Spent. Yeah. Start calling your cat spent. I'm sure they'll love it. I'm sure they will. Okay. We got to move on with the actual episodes. And I'm very, I'm looking forward to, the, I can get, to your onion. Talk about dogs. I'm going to talk about your onion every week, by the way. So yeah, I'm sure you will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We have a couple of reviews to go over. Uh, I guess I'll take the first couple. First is from JM Freeze, my weekly dose of Dota. Great podcast. Big fan of Sin and Sons fans starting playing Han back in the day and now 2K trash in Dota. Great listen for staying up to date on Dota and random esports news. NA Dota lives on. Update, never got my review called out. So here we are. Sorry. I'm really sorry about that, friend. He's from the United States, of course. Next. Maybe he gave it four stars last time and you were like, fuck this guy. I ignore those. I ignore those. Next is Mihawk LFC from Germany. Myhawk, maybe. Uh, sponsorship deal, five stars. Hey, is this the place where I can offer sponsorship? I offer five tomatoes each. Honest, mm, though, nice. great podcast. Loving your guys' dynamic, really entertaining. Always keep me invested. Always, or also, when is the next guest so I don't have to listen to Sun's News at the start? How dare you, <laughs> by the way? That's going to happen uh, regardless of having a guest or not. When's our next guest? So, should we say who they are? I, we have two guests lined up already. Sure. So we have Cyborg Matt and Korean Barbecue, a.k.a. Jack. KBBQ. Uh, so we'll have to just schedule with them. I think this episode, well, obviously there's no guests, by the way. Just letting you guys know in advance, uh, there's no guests for this episode. And next episode definitely will not be a guest because of the patch. So it's going to be a couple couple weeks until then. Take the next one, Sindarin, please. Okay, next one is from Lion Tiger 23 from Russia. I think that's our first review from Russia. Mm. Best podcast to listen to while playing Overwatch. Okay, thank you. Let's go to the next one and not read out the text. <laughs> uh, okay. I love both Suns fans and there, but fav- by far my favorite personalities in Dota 2 world. Oh, Although I haven't played Dota for a long time, I love watching and listening to this Dota- to the Dota 2 news. <laughs> the Dota 2 news. That's right here, guys. You your get best the best source news, for yeah. news. Uh, but the best thing about the podcast are all the non-Dota talks about alcohol and food. All right, there we go. He knows what it's about. Please keep doing this amazing podcast. Thank you very much, Lion Tiger. And finally, from Pommes Peter from Canada. He is not Canadian, but I think he is in Canada at the time. In Bruges and I. Oh, what a title. Very uh, mm. something. Every Tuesday when I listen to the podcast, I consider whether I should watch In Bruges like Suns fan demands. And then I forget about it 17 minutes later. I'm sorry. I can relate. I've feels a very forgettable movie when you haven't watched it yet so you guys it sounds like you guys both have a condition if you're forgetting about mm-hmm. something so soon after the event takes place but you know i'm not one to judge great movie by the way in case you haven't heard oh all right. uh quick semi-announcement here um we haven't officially announced this yet but it's because we're going to probably today i would assume uh slacks me shiver and a bunch of other people are going to be doing this thing called uh, if you guys have heard of, this, of Steam Remote Play, have you heard of Steam Link, Cinder? We've talked about Steam Link. We've before, talked about right? it. Yeah, we have. We have. So Steam Remote Play is this uh, thing that's already out right now, actually, but they just haven't advertised it yet. Essentially, it takes games that have had no way to play together in an online perspective, and you're now capable of doing. So, for example, let's say Towerfall Ascension, like this, yeah. one of my favorite games, by the way. 
Uh, really? You can only Wait, play... have we played that together? So we, the first time I saw it was at uh, one of the some. It was either this. No, it was a uh... shit. What's that Chinese land that we cast at BTS? Um, I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, whatever it was, it was. A BTS, right? Yeah. So you guys played the shit out of it. I only watched. I never really played it with you. I don't think I've ever actually played it with you. So I started playing like last year, and mm-hmm. it's it's a lot of fun. It's a good game. But anyway, I was like, that game is the. Sh- I had so much fun, and you didn't play it. Now <laughs> you're like, it's one of your favorite games, dude. Oh my god. So, yeah. So the, <sighs> a game like that, you have to have people physically in the same space to play each other, right? So the cool mm-hmm. thing about Steam Remote Play is, let's say I own the game, and I open it, I can invite you know three other people to join me. They don't have to have the game at all, and they can play with me. So that's the kind of functionality that they've added added to Steam now. So we're going to be doing a stream on Steam TV uh, to showcase that. It's going to be like an all-day thing. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Going to have a lot of different guests. Cinder, you're not one of them. I apologize. Uh, that's cool. Uh, Don't want to play with you anyway because you didn't want to play with me. So yeah. Well, I did want to play with you. you Why did you choose Slacks? Yeah, he, that was what not my choice. What makes you think you want to play that game against Slacks? <laughs> it was not my choice, friend. I'm sorry. I mean, it's, a um, great, it's going to make you look good by comparison. So that's great. Uh, that's I'm sure true. you crush them. I'm going to look very smart next to slides. <laughs> so yeah, that's going to be uh, Wednesday. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, next thing, before we get started with it, I have three things we're talking about. This one, I don't know if this is interesting to people, but I thought it would spark up maybe a little bit of a conversation. So my brother went to, I believe it's this Ancestry.com site. You have to go give your DNA or something like that, and they can tell you know, where you come from, essentially. And then they own you, basically. So, so yeah. that's the interesting about this is, uh, Nikki was looking this up a while back. I wouldn't say this is the reason I haven't done it, but I there's like a lot of connections. I, I'm going to butcher this horribly, but I know there's you can just Google this. The person that founded Ancestry.com is like married or related to somebody, one of the people that started Google or something like something like there's crazy connections mm-hmm. to where it's it's not hard to make this assumption that, yeah, they actually are collecting your physical data at that point, right? Your DNA, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of weird. But anyway, my brother Imagine did it. Imagine they collect your DNA and they clone and then me in later the future. they sell it to you. They sell it to me? For what purpose? Yeah. <clears throat> they sell you the rights to yourself. Oh, it sounds that like something sound like Google, Google would thing. do. <laughs> yeah. First, they ban you from life and then you can buy it back. Would you ever do something like this, by the way, to see where exactly sell your life? <laughs> uh, the DNA. Uh, I mean, I'm a, I'm a little bit curious, um, but I don't think mine will be particularly interesting. Your brother's looks really interesting, actually. Um, so, this is a really stupid question. If I take this test, shouldn't it be identical to his, or will it be slightly different? You think? Um, Obviously, we don't have the well, exact same DNA, but we have the same parents. You same, have the same biological parents, right? Yeah, I feel like it should be the same, right? I don't, so, I don't know what the I assume it's going to be the same, so I'll just assume this is mine. But this is for him. So, thirty-eight uh, percent is from Iran slash Persia, the Persian Empire, if you will. Thirty-three percent is England, Wales, and northwestern Europe. Did that surprise you? No, this one because my last name is Scotton, right? So I knew it was right. in this area. I thought maybe more of this one, which I'm going to say, which is Ireland and Scotland is 14%. I definitely thought that would be higher. Um, Wait, so where are your parents from? So my dad was uh he's American, was American and my uh-huh. mom is Iranian. So Okay. But we knew that, you know, the Scotton family came from I mean, the story is, Cinder, if you never heard, the name Scotton, S C O T T E N, right? Scotton mm-hmm. 10. Um 
I don't know if this is real, but my dad always told me this <laughs> this very brief story that it was from back in the day when there was this group of Scottish guys that just kept going from town to town, raping, pillaging, and destroying everything they came in, in contact with. And they call them the Scott Ten. And that is... All right, that, so- that sounds like a story. <laughs> that is a story. I know, there's no right way it's there. real. There's no way it's uh, real. No, but it's a bit surprising when I look at this. Okay, you can do the last percentages first. Uh, Turkey and... I don't even know how to say it. The ca- Caucasus. The Caucasus. What is that? What is that? 9% for that one. I don't know what the You know the word Caucasian? Is. Yes. That's where Caucasian comes from, the Caucasus. But it's Middle East, right? Yeah, it's like, uh, isn't it? Doesn't it have something to do with a mountain chain as well? You can look it up. So then we have Germanic Europe, 4%, and Sweden, 2%. That's interesting. And obviously, huh. they have a bunch of like, uh, they don't have percentages for these, but it just says additional communities is Indiana, Ohio, Midwest, US, basically, which we already knew, obviously. So. Right. It's kind of interesting. Like, I had no idea we had any Swedish surpri- blood. Well, I guess, can anyone in this ancestry... An- ancestry? Wow, that was hard to say, apparently. Can anyone in this test get U.S.? Is that even an option? I don't think so. Unless you're Native American, not. right? If you're Native American, yes, you can get that's true. that on this. Because I was like, okay, if one of your immediate parents is from the U.S., why are you not getting America on here? But that not only that, but it's generations are in the U.S. too. So this goes back like yeah. further than that, which is interesting. Exactly. So maybe maybe if you're Native American, you can get it. But apart from that, you can't because then the migration was too recent or whatever for the right. sake of this. That's interesting. Okay, so your your dad's side of the family definitely migrated over from England. Yes, is what you can assume here. Okay. Yep. Well, that's I cool. own Europe and the Middle East, bro. Yeah, I can say I'm European now, officially. Thanks, guys. Appreciate Amazing. it. Amazing. All right, and then the last topic of the intro. This is the longest intro we've done so far, but this is very yeah. important. I went to White Castle finally. I told you about this place, right? You've heard of the yes. movie and yeah. the rave. Uh, I've heard so of the place. The like, the, for the longest time, it's only been in the east of the U.S. Like the, forever, basically. Apparently, there's one in Vegas, which I didn't know about. They finally brought one to Arizona. There's none in California, just to give you an idea. And this mm-hmm. is the only, I believe, the only family-owned, uh, like the original family-owned White Castle west of the Mississippi, I believe. And it's also the biggest one in the entire world. The lines have been so ridiculous. It's been out for over a month. I think we may, might have discussed this. Where they had to shut, like it's 24 hours as well. And they had mm-hmm. to shut everything down because it was too crowded. Like the lines were like eight, nine hours long. Something ridiculous. Dude, okay. Can I just say go. this again? We Here talked it about it last episode. Yeah. <laughs> How can you possibly bring yourself to queue up for fast food for more than 20 minutes? Like, so it's not fast food anymore. It's not that good. Let's be honest. It's not that good. Like, there's no fast food that's that good that is right. worth waiting over an hour for. How the fuck do you spend your whole day waiting <laughs> to eat mediocre at best food it's like it's an actually experience. baffles me it's fucking I mean, think of it as a i'm not i'm not defending this but think of it as a kind of an experience it's the first time it's ever opening on this side of the country essentially it's a story right yeah it's I a mean, waste I, of time it's it is a story you get to experience it firsthand we went there so this is the thing we went there last wait what is today no we went there on sunday night okay 11 30 p.m Right. It was there were literally 30 people working there. Not even joking. 30 people working there. Jesus. The line wasn't that long. It was maybe 10-15 people, but you could see 
like how they prepped everything for when it is busy, right? <laughs> Basically, you, were say is, you could see that they had had longer queues earlier that day because they were dying. Oh well, not quite, but <laughs> I'm sure they brought people nice and fresh. They they own this entire parking lot. It's huge. This parking lot. Uh, they have these queue lines set up that go ridiculous distances. You have areas that tell you this is where you need to park if you're going to White Castle. This is where you need to park if you're going to the drive. Like they actually have to designate this stuff because it's so crowded apparently during the day. I've never seen it when it's that crowded. But 11:30, like typically you right. go anywhere in Arizona, 11:30, there's nobody there. Nobody. Mm-hmm. This was a lot of people. So we finally ate there. I, I, I think I said this when we had our tier review of the fast food mm-hmm. places. I had White Castle as a kid once. I don't remember how it was. I was not expecting much. They have like these frozen stuff you can buy in the store. It does not sound that good. I had it pleasantly mm-hmm. surprised. I mean, it wasn't amazing. Let's be real. It was probably like a a C or a B or like a B minus on my tier list. Okay. It was okay. Right. Like it wasn't mind blowing. It wasn't great. I I would go back because it is an interesting experience. Just so much different than all the right. other fast okay. foods. But you know. do you think? Do you think it would have influenced your rating if you queued up eight hours to have this B-minus experience? It would have been a D, probably. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Correct. When you come visit, uh, we'll stand in line I, together. I still, How's that I sound? I still can't get over it. Like, whether you're exaggerating or not, even if it's two hours, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I'm not exaggerating. So, you, you, like you said, it's an event. It's a moment, right? The, mm-hmm. How strong is this brand? Like, I, I know Very. culture in the U.S. with fast food is different. Like, fast food places are apparently considered good, but in a different way. Um, but, like, imagine this. Imagine a good restaurant opened next mm. to it with the same prices. <clears throat> but, you, you know, if, if you can imagine that, just better food at the same price, there would be, like, no line. Even if, you know, the brand has got to be so strong that people want to queue up for that. Well, think of it this way. It's crazy. So this, I'm going to try not to get emotional here. This is stupid. But my dad. If a new McDonald's opened down the street. No, no, McDonald's doesn't give a shit. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if anyone would even care. The reason this was bittersweet for me was because my dad, this was his favorite place ever growing up. Because he lived in Indiana. This Mm -hmm. is like the thing they lived off of, right? They never had one here. So he was waiting for literal right. decades, right? So there's a lot of people like that that move from the Midwest or East Coast that are used to, that grow up on this stuff. And they just don't have it, this entire side of the country, right? Right. So I can understand that, but that can't be that many people, right? So I think a lot of it is maybe the movie. Harold and Kumar go to Waikato. That was a big deal back in the day. That definitely helped their brand. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I, I will say, like, everybody there was just a bunch, like, a bunch of them were just groups of people. You buy these, like, basically these huge boxes. We didn't do that, but huge boxes of these sliders. You just share them. It's an experience. It's it's fun. I can see it. It's actually really, uh, I was going to say high class, not, not the food. It, like, the establishment itself was very high tech. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if this is normal for you. I've never seen a fast food place where when you sit, you have an outlet next to you by each seat. Oh, that's that's uh, nice. You have... Like the you napkins, plug in for your example. Phone, make sure you don't talk to people you're out eating with. <laughs> That's right. You don't want to associate with anybody. You want, they make sure you can take pictures, right? Like the the napkin dispenser was automated. I've never seen that in my entire life. That was crazy. Just I don't know. It was it was cool. Damn. I liked it. I have no problem. It's an automatic napkin dispenser good. I think the reason they do it is so people don't... Because when people take napkins, sometimes they'll just take like 10 and they need one, right? That's me. That's me. So the reason Correct. they do that is so that people don't take too many, basically. Correct. I'm going to assume that. I'm assuming it's not easier than taking them yourself. 
because you have to wait for it and you maybe only get one and you wanted three it's two at a time so you, you do get okay. two but yeah it was interesting okay let's move on to actual dota 2 cinderin the major is currently going on so we don't have really much to discuss in that regard yet since it just recently started um yep. there was a report that beast coast had h1n1 i was like yeah. what the fuck so yeah, that was something that was a crazy announcement um but luckily, we did get some news shortly after. Beast Coast tweeted, Thanks for everyone's concern about Chris. We went to the hospital last night to check him out, and doctors told us he does not have H1N1. He's resting in the hotel, etc., etc. So have we ever had, like, I know players have gotten sick, but has anything, like, super serious in your memory happened to a player at, like, a major land before? Like, I the only don't thing think I can anybody think of was, ever got a bad virus like that, or I don't think so. I believe somebody at the, I will still continue to say, the worst LAN of all time, which is WCA, the original, somebody got pneumonia. Uh, I know S4 got sick as well. I don't think he's the one that got pneumonia. Somebody literally got right, pneumonia. Right, S4 at got that sick. I remember that. That might be the most serious that I've, that Considering I that he still played and won the LAN, I'm going to go ahead <laughs> and say it wasn't that serious. Because if you have something like a, a fresh H1N1, I don't think you can play. I mean, I don't know. I have never had it. I'm not an expert on it, but it's pretty serious virus. And yeah. I think what he had was a regular flu, probably. Which so, still playing with that is not enjoyable, but he trucked through it. That was pretty crazy, actually. Let me read a playing Mally quote here. Mally posted something on Reddit as well. Uh, I would like to reassure all of you that Chris Luck does not have H1N1. The doctors thought it could be because of the symptoms which led them to do a blood test to confirm their doubts. However, the test came out negative. So he feels a bit better and blah, blah, blah. So obviously good to hear. That was that was one of those like, I don't know how bad, do you know how bad H1N1 is? It's bad. Like how I don't bad? Know how bad. you rate how Put bad. Put it on a scale. Compare it to another uh, disease or virus. Uh, like is there, yeah. at that point, are you talking about like mortality rate? It's a Being possibility, at least. I don't know how high it is. It's it's a type of swine flu, if that right. means anything to you. Is it? The, um, you remember there in the U.S. there was a bird flu, and I think, right. if I'm not mistaken, that people were hyping that up to be really bad. It ended up being not that bad. But H1N1 is the bad one. I could be wrong about this. Maybe they're both horrible. I'm, I'm not 100%. I okay. don't know well, enough anyway. about it, but I know that... I mean, the, the thing about it is when these... Uh, when when they get announced, these new viruses or whatever, um, a lot of the times it's a bit difficult to gauge how dangerous they are at the time. So in order to try to prevent epidemics, like sometimes maybe you will make it a really big deal, even if it turns out it isn't, because it's safer that way. Because right? mm. you want people to pay a lot of attention and make sure it doesn't spread in case it's very bad. And I think most of the time they probably have the expectation that this can get super bad. So when this stuff happens, you make sure you make a big deal out of it. People see it, people hear it. And then hopefully, you know, herd awareness, if you can call it that, will help combat it, right? From mm -hmm. becoming something big. Um, I don't know as far as like really bad ones go, right? You, I just, I actually just watched an episode on this on Netflix randomly. Um, you remember when SARS happened, right? Yep how that was considered holy shit this is going to be a really big problem and just then it just eventually turned out that the virus wasn't very strong lived so it kind of mm -hmm. just died out even though it was 
airborne and it was really easy to transmit and a lot of people got sick really fast, it kind of killed itself. But you don't know that. So when these, you obviously have to wait until you know how much longevity the virus has. And if you wait to find that out, it can already be too late and it's spread to thousands and thousands of people across the world. And that's when you have an epidemic, right? So, And then you have diseases like polio or measles coming back. I don't, I think polio might've been taken out completely actually, but measles coming back because of anti-vaxxers and whatnot, complete scum of the earth. Honestly, that is part of the threat to the future of the world is that idiocy are against vaccinating. I, it, honest, it's not it's just honestly that. It's, blowing my mind. It's idiocy in general. Is I mean, we yeah, talked about the I end mean, of the world, remember? And I think one of my theories yeah. was we just kill ourselves because we're all yeah. idiots. I mean, it's, it's one, <laughs> one, it's one thing that you have the power over yourself, right? And you're like, I want to make bad decisions for myself. That's fine. People make bad decisions all the time for themselves. <laughs> but when you make bad decisions that put your community at risk, I feel like by law, you shouldn't be allowed to. I actually think it's... Yeah, they're starting to implement laws statewide, like each individual state to put something in. But I don't think it's gone that far. But uh, only time will tell. Uh, Not to change the subject, I just remembered something about fast food syndrome, if I could briefly mention. Okay. Um, Speaking of (laughs) deadly diseases. (laughs) Um, There's a place called Jollibee. Have you heard of it? Uh, yeah, I think so. It's the most so. famous Filipino fast food place. It's oh, global. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard about this. It has burgers. It has randomly spaghetti. It has chicken. It, I don't understand what they're, <laughs> when, they, when Nikki told me about it, I'm like, that sounds awful. Like, holy shit. So anyway, they're bringing their first one to Arizona and it comes, mm-hmm. it opens in December. So you guys can stay tuned to that episode because we will go there. I will not stand in line though. Nikki was super excited for it, right? Oh, yeah. She's obsessed. Is, is she obsessed because of nostalgia or because she thinks the food is that good? Or is she just excited because you, it's... Are you asking her or me? <laughs> I'm sure you've already talked about this, so you can I speak on her behalf. For me, it's 90% nostalgia. <laughs> for her, it's <laughs> okay. probably 50-50. She loves the food. I mean... Okay. I mean, that's great. I've had it before. I haven't had the burgers. That's what I really want to rate. I've had the spaghetti and it's like, this is awful. Like I'm not, I'm not going to go to a fast food place to get spaghetti, you know? I would uh, if they made good me. spaghetti. If they made good carbonara. But do, yeah. do fast food places really make pasta like that, though? Like that's the Not thing. typically. Yeah, it's kind of weird. But anyway, yeah. uh, moving on again. Okay. I like how we're all over the place this episode. Um, reporting update for Dota 2. So they yes. removed a few things. I'm sure you want to go over this. They removed being able to report for intentional feeding and ability abuse and instead have added two different categories, one called disruptive gameplay, which is for reporting players with uh, who ability abuse, intentionally feed, go AFK or similar. And then the second category is cheating or MMR abuse, which covers reporting players who are manipulating uh, matchmaking via scripting, hacking, or something similar. What do you think about this? I think this should have happened five years ago. Um, Did you ask for it five years ago? I don't think I've ever asked for changes to the report system directly. So, I mean, I'm not blaming. You're anyone. part of the I'm problem. Not it's somebody, I'm not saying, I guess so. I mean, I could have done it. This should have but, been added five years but, ago, but I never thought or, of it. Yeah. So first you need, okay, I'm, maybe I'm exaggerating here. Five years is a long time in Dota. Um, but because when you think back, to be to be honest, five years ago, I don't think it was nearly the scale of problem that it is now. But the concept itself, I think, could have been at any time, right? Um, and 
I think the report categories for a long time have been limited and the system itself has been exploitable, which is a problem. We've talked about this before in a different episode, how uh, people are always going to misuse a system. So the goal is to make the system as um, as little misusable as possible. And the previous one was very misusable. You could report for multiple things people didn't do, uh, mm. the way you got reports back, the way they, wait, they were weighted and whatnot. Um, was problematic, I think. Um, so for me, this is a, a really good change. And yeah, um, it's not something I've been touched by that much, but just anecdotally, when you hear people talk about it, the report system being a really big problem, it's something that has to be fixed because it has a huge impact on people's average enjoyment of the game. Like, it's not fun being placed in low priority for playing a bad game. Like, you know, like this kind of stuff is just stupid and should, mm-hmm. shouldn't be happening in a game like this. Um, so basically what I think is really good about this is first of all, you can only report for one category. And I think the reason they didn't do that in the past was with the previous categories they had, you could easily have done two or three offenses at once. There were people that were just communication abusing, feeding couriers. And then also what was the third category? Um, ability abuse, right? So you could imagine a tiny that would toss you into the enemy team on purpose, then run down mid, and then feed couriers, and then call you shit and chat, right? <laughs> uh, so they would fit into all three categories. The people like that. And I think the reason they held on to the possibility of reporting multiple categories is that they couldn't justify, well, if we remove this, people are going to be frustrated that they can only report people for one thing because the really strong offenders should be able to be reported for multiple things so they can be punished harder. Which, in essence, is a good idea. But the problem is when people get upset, man, my Tinker's playing really bad. I'm going to report him for communication abuse, intentional abuse, and ability abuse because I don't like him, you know? Mm. And then suddenly, how do you balance out that system so the reports are weighted correctly? Now, you get one category that kind of encompasses all ruining and one that encompasses cheating, which is also a really interesting stance because so far in Dota 2's history, you've not been able to report people for cheating or for scripting. There hasn't been a way of doing it, which I think for a lot of players is super frustrating. Now, if a player gets multiple cheating or MMR abuse reports, I'm guessing that either they have a system that's really good at detecting if that is actually the case when they get enough reports, or the cheating or MMR abuse things will be gone through manually uh, if there are enough reports on the same player. Because there will be way less of these than disruptive gameplay. There should be. How many people do you think script... Uh, I don't know. Do you think there are a lot? I think I saw a statistic from, was it Gosu AI or whatever, that did a parsing of a lot of matches. And I think the average across all brackets was like 3 to 5%. Really? So every 25th player, I would guess. Holy shit. That's insane. So that means the chance of having a cheater in your game, I don't know how you do the math on that, but... You know, I mean, that's way higher than I thought it would be. That's It was also higher than I thought, which, you know, again, I don't know if you can 100% trust those statistics, but I wouldn't be surprised if at least 1% of players did something. Um, I mean, that's the thing, though. Like, a lot of times it's not noticeable in-game. Like, you'll never notice it. Yes. Unless it's something exactly. that just happens. Like, like, holy shit, he had to, like, you, you probably missed, like, t- 9 or 10 of these a game that would have happened normally, right? So mm-hmm. that, that's part of the reason that the Overwatch system from CSGO would in theory be good for something like this because that I yep. feel like would probably require an actual set of eyes to just verify because that's quite an infraction, right? So you, 
you think they're doing this privately instead of uh, farming it out to the public? I don't know. Uh, well, for now, since they haven't announced anything, I'm guessing so, yeah. Uh, they might have like a little private group of people that do it. Or, again, maybe they have... Um, I think, let's say, for example, let's say somebody's angry at me in a game and they're going to report me for cheating. I don't think it's an automated system. I think this automated system needs overwhelming evidence. So I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that people don't start using the cheating or abuse thing as a hate category. Whereas, like, I played against this guy. He picked techies. Fucking idiot. I'm going to report him for cheating. Do you think they should be putting a third category that's just a placebo that doesn't actually do anything? We talked about that. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if people, if it will work, but... Um, fuck him. It's... it's uh, yeah, Put a category called <laughs> fuck him. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I just... I think for something like this, because of how Valve treats cheating with these uh, vac bans that last anything up toward like, I don't know, 20 years or whatever it is, uh, it has to be manual review. Or the if it is some, some way automated, it needs to be overwhelmingly convinced. Um, I think it's way more dangerous to start handing out player bans than it is to hand out communication bans or matchmaking bans for, let's say, a week that you can't mm-hmm. QMM uh, for ranked matchmaking. But this is cheating is much more serious on that scale because the punishment is way more severe. Yep, I agree. So you got to do it right. But the idea was, here is great. Are you surprised there was no update to the rank system, the queuing? Mm. Or is that just going to no, be a bigger update with in particular. the uh, Outlanders patch? I think I think they kind of when was the last time they updated it? Was that last week? Yeah. They might need a little bit more time with the new things they did to get more data. Or mm-hmm. <clears throat> or they're in a phase with it right now where they feel like, okay, this is kind of close to what we want, so we'll keep it running a bit longer uh, and see what people think. Anecdotally, for me, it's not good right now compared to the long queues that we talked about last time. That was the mm-hmm. best that we had, both of us. Um, but again, we are probably more tolerant with how long we want to queue than other people are. Yes, for sure. And I think so, a lot of the issues may or may not get fixed with the new patch just based yeah. on how many people are going to be playing anyway. I think okay. so too. So let's move on to, as you guys know, last week we did a, an AMA uh, on Reddit. Thank you to everybody that supplied questions and comments and a lot of great feedback. Um, ridiculous yep. amount of comments. I tried to answer all <clears> that we, or we both tried to answer all that we could. Uh, so let's go through a few of them that we found interesting. So from Nico Mashiron. Good day, Suns fan and Syndra fan from Philippines here. I don't know if this question was asked already. For Suns fan, if you were to describe the differences in similarity of your friendship between, I think similarities or difference, between Sindarin and Slacks, what would they be? And then for Sindarin, describe the difference or similarities of friendship between Suns fan and Bulldog, what would they be? I, th- I actually thought about this for a while. <clears throat> I can't come up with a good answer because there are... I think I said three when I originally said this, but I was <laughs> sadly forgetting something. There's four people in the esports scene that I fully trust, and I don't really question whether they have their best interests good only in, at good heart. Good intentions, yeah. Yes, the good intention. It's it's something that. What what's the best way to put this? I I kind of learned this the hard way that it's you can sometimes easily trust people and maybe a bit naive, especially for myself coming into the scene. Even though I was like mm-hmm. 25, I wasn't even that young. But I just never really worked with people this directly and for this 
uh, in an industry like this before. So finding somebody to trust is really important. So they're both on that list, uh, but they're both just very different people. Like Cinder is much more serious. Um, he's much more logical. <laughs> Slack <serious>. is literally <laughs> insane and the most, most unorganized person I've ever worked with. So yeah. Slacks is definitely more frustrating to work with on the organizational side because he's, it's the fact that he doesn't use a calendar still and he's, mm, he's busier than probably both of us combined is ridiculous that he doesn't, I don't know how he remembers anything, but at the same time, he's a literal genius. And then for Cinderin, most eloquent person, I, I said this, maybe I've said this in the podcast as well, but back in the day when somebody was asking me, what is the reason you came to Dota 2 to cast? Like, why did you start casting all of a sudden? I'm like, it's because I found a co-caster that I actually wanted to cast with, and that's Cinderin, and that still kind of remains the case. Oh, he just that's has why we that. cast together all the time. <laughs> that's why we're doing a podcast because I don't want to cast <laughs> anymore. <laughs> Cinderin, how about you, friend? Uh, well, first of all, I want—I have an extra question for that one. Do you consider me serious or serious compared to Slacks? Compared to Slacks, yes. Okay, yeah. I—I I, I no, was I curious about that. I don't consider myself a very serious. Purge person. Purge is serious. Me. Serious. Purge is a serious person. Yes, <laughs> I think that's fair. I think it's fair to say. Uh, all right, so what was my question exactly? What's the difference between my friendship between Suns fan and Admiral Bulldog? Okay, so I know you way better, first of all. We've met together in person more. We've spent more time together. We've done, we've worked together, which is something I've done a little bit with Bulldog, but only like one event where we uh, did some paneling together, so not that much. Uh, I think the stuff with Bulldog is also way more Twitch-centric. It's way more about the twitch culture and everything around that um so again it's less personal on that level but we're still we're still great when we're together in real life um and i did coach alliance for one event and i also had fun working with bulldog there so um how do i explain the differences overall though i've had way more conversations with you so we know each other so much better um and we well we were like you, when you joined Dota Cinema, we were working directly yeah. with each other every day, especially with Captain's yeah. Draft, like daily for months, right? Captain's Draft took, <clears throat> yeah, that was definitely something we spent a lot of time on. Um, so, yeah, what are you guys like in person to compare it to what you said with me and Slacks? I would say Bulldog is more clowny. <laughs> the thing on the thing on stream is definitely, you know, it's it's a persona, but he actually is more similar to that in real life than I think a lot of other people with personas are online. Like, for example, Sing Sing is totally different. Sing mm. Sing's persona is very, like, <laughs> high energy all over the place, like, kind of crazy sometimes. And in real life, he's, like, super down to earth and very easy to talk to and have a serious conversation with. Bulldog, you can also have a serious conversation with, but you probably need to preface the sentence with, Bulldog, this is a serious question. Please take it seriously. <laughs> 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 fuck around. Uh... Nah, he's he's a bit on the on the clowny side, which is great. Uh, having a clowny person around is always super fun. Um, That's a good question, though. What? How? Am, what more... am I? Oh, okay, you do me, and then don't do me. Yeah. Okay, do me if you want. I'll do you next. Okay, you're a bit more. Hmm, how to say? You're a bit more. You're calmer and a bit more. I think I don't know if you're more pessimistic than he is, because I think Bulldog probably also is a bit skeptical about stuff to an extent. I guess that especially grows on you when you interact that much with Twitch and you're that big on Twitch, you naturally become skeptical about things, I suppose. Jaded, yes. Um, yeah, that's a great word for it. I think you're probably more jaded than he is. 
overall. I'm not surprised. Um, yeah. That's so probably it. how am I online versus in person? Like, what are the differences? Because for you, you are exactly the same. Zero difference, in my opinion. Yeah, for, for me, it's like when I think about it, it's very sim- similar with you two. Like, I'd, honestly, I haven't even really thought about it. So that I says think, something, right? If anything, I probably have less energy. And I, not that I have that much energy to begin with. I'm probably in real less energy. In, re- in real life, I have less energy. That's a, I mean, everything else, it's, yeah, it's basically it's, the same, I think. I think it's kind of the same, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Next one. Is there, so this was asked a lot, despite being in the description of the AMA itself. Is there going to be the A to Z dual lane challenge with new heroes? And we did answer that. It is yep. going to happen again. The question is whether it's going to be exactly the same as the other one, because the heroes are a lot different now, or if we're going to add the AGS thing into it, which we just haven't decided. So that's going to happen sometime after the Outlanders patch, so stay tuned. Yep. Uh, Next, what heroes do you think need to be reworked in Outlanders, and what do you think these heroes need? No techies, you don't get a cop-out. Okay, fine. So these questions are always a little bit difficult to answer, because what does reworked mean? Like, when is it considered a rework? Is new it a scale. rework when you get new spells? Yes. Because then, honestly, I kind of, for the most part, I like the state heroes are. Um, it's just values for me that need to be tweaked. I The hero that I think is closest to what I would like a rework on is probably Chen. Um, the hero is super good right now, which is one thing. But I just I also don't think his current design is as fun and as... Um, how to say... <clears throat> You're really impactful on the hero, but it's more because of the hero's design than you, if that makes sense. Like, a really good Chen player compared to a decent Chen player, I feel like it's harder to showcase your incredible skill than it was before and really stand out as a great Chen player. Because Chen, to a larger extent now, I don't know, it's going to sound stupid, but plays itself. Um, there's just there's less you need to do and less you need to think about and less smart stuff and really cool micro and whatever it, mm. it's the hero isn't so much about that anymore um so that would be cool to have a rework my second choice would probably be alchemist where it would be nice to not have the hero revolve entirely around math where is this a patch where you can farm enough and make elk broken or is it a patch where elk doesn't really work at all the hero generally doesn't have like a middle ground for the most part it's either super sick think, like it was this TI or completely ignore that it was the other TI or whatever. Like it's, do you think that there should not be a hero like that in the game? Though? Do you think all heroes should be equally played, essentially? Is that the goal? Um, no, I don't think. I think it's great to have unique and really... I have no problem with heroes that are rarely good, <clears throat> but I would like them to be rarely good for a different reason. That's like fair. conceptually, I, I don't disagree with Alchemist as a design, and I don't think it's bad design. I just, you know, I have my favorites and least favorites in the game, and I think heroes like that that are just way faster at getting gold and that work this way, I don't, I don't find it as appealing personally. I don't think it's a bad design, and I'm not going to be like, oh my god, they didn't rework Alchemist. This hero is so stupid because I totally get it. I get the design and I get why people think it's fun, um, but it's not so much for me to be honest. Yeah, understood. Oh, yeah. So my answer, I will. I think we're going to talk about at the end of the episode because we do have a little segment there. I forgot to mention okay. the names, by the way. The, people, the person that asked about A to Z Dual Lane Challenge was KP Team. Uh, this last question was by Reddit Sucks and Stuff. <laughs> uh, this and next stuff question cousin. is from Surya Sath. He asked, why is the game coordinator not connecting? I don't know what it is, but 
I laughed pretty hard when I read this, and I told myself, and I replied as well, that we will talk about that. <laughs> so this is us talking about that. It's so <laughs> random. I don't know what to say here. That's a pretty <laughs> random question. It is. Uh, and then the last one um, is from SAA2099. Can you guys tell us about how you took up gaming casually and what made you go full-time, and how did that turn out with family and life events and all? Basically an all-in-depth overview of how you picked up gaming and Dota. So we've probably gone a bit into this, but not, this? I don't think specifically, right? I think this is kind of a targeted question. So. I think we both talked about our history with playing games. Because I remember talking about playing like Civilization 2 and Diablo 1 mm -hmm. and all this stuff. So we have covered this in a previous episode, uh, I'm sure. I, I think we, somebody asked it as a question and we decided to do it as one of the post segments where we, or maybe it was in the start, I don't know, but just our history with gaming individually. Okay, so I'll be more specific because so I, I don't think, think I talked about this. all of this. I, I gave a general overview before, but for me specifically, getting into mm -hmm. Dota 1 specifically was because uh, I was playing Counter-Strike and a lot of people played Dota as a side game. And I just had a friend that played it. He, uh, he asked if I wanted to join him. I said, sure, I'll try it out because I played a lot of Warcraft 3. And mm -hmm. that's how Dota 1 started. And then in terms of getting into esports, because I wasn't really into the pro pros playing dota at all and didn't try to watch it didn't try to get into it at all didn't care uh when i started playing han that's when esports started to become a thing for me started watching broadcasts of Hancast, which was my boy breaky cpk um and i was like you know what that sounds like a lot of fun i'm gonna try casting and that's kind of how it started so nothing crazy just like little baby steps yep. and you know got lucky with the youtube channel Neil needed somebody to speak English. His English was fucking awful at the time. So I cashed in <laughs> just by knowing a language. Uh, yeah, that's basically it for me. Yep. Uh, yeah, okay. My very quick version. I picked up... We got a computer when I was like six, and I played all sorts of different games. I got into Dota via Warcraft because I was playing that with friends. Um, and then I got into esports because I started playing a lot of Dota, and I loved getting better, and I loved playing with better people. So I got into in-house leagues, and then... Uh, play some what was your, Dota matches in Dota 1, and then I was started the original, getting into Dota 2. original in-house league? What was it called for you? Um, there were a couple. There was, I played Dota Pickup, which had a lot of players, and then the more exclusive ones were Dota Invite and then IHCS. Oh, I played a bit it. of IHCS too, and then IDEC was there as well, the International Dota Elite community, I think it was. ran for a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and then Valve announced Dota 2 and we were one of the invited teams for TI and we were super excited obviously about that and that's that's when competitive Dota really like we had events in Dota 1 obviously and there were the competitions were really good especially the Chinese teams in the history of Dota were super good in Dota 1 um, but it was never at the scale even close to what TI 1 was in terms of like prize pool and audience and you know, maybe live audience it was, but not uh, online audience. Dota 2 just exploded things very quickly. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's the short Coolio. answer to that. All right, so moving on to other news of the week. <clears throat> we have a new CSGO update called the Operation Shattered Web. Have you looked into this at all? I haven't. Actually, I know that there was a big patch that came out, but I didn't read the specifics. So there was some balance stuff. That, I don't think there's that much. It's mostly actually cosmetic uh, from what I was reading. Like 90% of the page is cosmetic stuff. But the cool thing is, so they came out with 22, I counted myself manually, 22 new models in the game. 
And I'll just read a little snippet here. So for the first time in CSGO, unlock all new terrorist and counter-terrorist sighted characters equipable on any map. All new CT operators and T agents are available as mission progress rewards. Complete missions and earn stars to unlock them and equip them for deployment. Or equip the default local agent or operator to use the pre-existing map-based characters. And the thing that's kind of blown up a bit is the fact that one of the characters is a female which I believe, if I'm not mistaken, is the first female model in Counter-Strike's history, which now that I think about it is insane. How It's been so many years, right? Is it, was one of the hostages in (laughs) Office? (laughs) All right, maybe. Female? All right, well, let's say a playable character that's not getting killed. I don't even know. (laughs) I actually think the hostages were male too. Yeah, it's possible. I can't remember. Nobody. I, I don't so. ever play those garbage ass CS maps, man. Only DE for me. Destruction all the way. Oh, man, uh, dude, dude, you definitely played FY Pool Day. Everybody played FY Pool Day. No, FY Ice World. I played quite a yeah, bit. Yeah, that's also yeah those ones. Yeah. I mean, the original. I talked about this before when I first started playing Counter Strike Beta One through Three. The only map they had was CS Siege. That was the original map, and the game didn't blow up right. until Dust One came out in Beta Four. That's when mm-hmm. hostage is like, wow, why did they ever have hostage rescue? It was so lame. And that's when you knew you would go pro in this game. Yep. And I was pro for about a year mm-hmm. and I destroyed Cinderin. You know, I went yeah. to a land once where these very famous people like K Sharp were at and Bullseye. And mm-hmm. I said hello, to, or they said hello to me because I knew who I was and I was too shy to say anything. Uh, <laughs> I just like raised my hand. They come over, hello, and you just look at them. No, like, okay, if you want to know the real story, okay, I was at this land. It was the first land I was ever at. I was like 12 years old or something. I was very antisocial, had very awkward human being. This guy that knew me, one of the famous guys was in the back of the room. He's like, okay, my name was not Suns Fan back then, but I don't remember what it was anymore. So they said, Suns Fan, stand up. So I was like, I raised my hand like this very awkwardly. And then I sat down and then he saw me later in the bathroom, said hi. And I said literally nothing to him. I just ignored him. At the urinal, he's like, hey, I'm like, <laughs> I was too shy. See, you know? so when you tell your story, when you're like, I shouldn't have, I had these opportunities, I should not have stuck with that was playing the first with my one. friends in this ideal world where my friend team could be the best in the world. I should have taken yeah. these chances. When you say that, you don't realize that you actually burnt all your bridges because everybody who <laughs> asked you to play in a good team, you just ignored them. You're like, man, I should have gone for it when that guy hey. said, hey, you want to play in my team? And you just didn't respond. <laughs> that was the first one. <laughs> I will blame myself. That's fine. I mean, I can blame myself for all of it. That was more, I physically could not talk to people. I just had a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got better over time. So, But anyway, back to the update of CSGO, not my amazing and illustrious Counter-Strike Pro career. Right, yes. Uh, a female character like we talked about this is kind of like a mm-hmm. battle pass format so you pay by or sorry you you can collect in-game currency which they're calling operation stars in order to unlock these guys or you can pay money to unlock them who knows how much yep. you actually need to pay but uh, what do you think that's so, pretty interesting well first let's let's do first things first you said it's a bit controversial that there is a female character what was your cho- word choice no i said it blew up i think it's People it are making up. a okay. big deal, which I, I yeah, can okay. understand. I mean, yeah, I guess that kind of means it's controversial, right? If they're making a big deal out of it. Eh. Do, Con- what, does, eh. does, like, why is that a big deal? I'm just trying to understand, like, does, it, does this do anything for the game? Like, does it matter? I think it's more of a big deal just because they have never done it before. 
It's not like right. I wouldn't. Controversial implies that some people don't like it. I don't think that's the case at all. Oh, okay. I, maybe I misunderstood it. Then it sounded like if something blows up when I hear it like that, it blew up. It just sounds oh. like this is something that people are discussing whether this is good or not for the game or whatever. Okay, in a positive way, I guess. Uh, okay, uh, that's great then. Because yeah, I I personally don't have a problem with this. I don't have a problem with the custom models. I don't have a problem with the stuff they've implemented. The most important thing that you really need to be careful with in a game like Counter Strike is it needs to be very clear, mm-hmm. intuitively when you look at the designs whether they're counter terrorist or terrorist, right? Because right. the the models for Counter Strike have been the same for so long that uh, what can you compare this to? You know how in Dota 2 we tre- we used to tread really carefully with cosmetics in the start? Like it was very restricted what you could do. And then over time it got more and more creative. And now you can fucking put techies on an elephant. Um, in the beginning, in this, trans- in this transition phase, <laughs> uh, it's I think it's really crucial in the start that it's just very obvious. Because people will need to get used to there being new models. And it will be incredibly frustrating if you end up team killing because... You're like, oh, that guy looked like a terrorist. I mean, sure, you have your radar, but you don't, especially yeah. at lower levels of play, you're not going to constantly be looking at that radar to see where everybody is. Um, so from what I can see from these models, it seems pretty clear because what they have primarily maintained, I want to say, across it is the clothing style from the examples that are available right now that you can see. Um, I think the clothing is what sets the models apart way more than mm-hmm. like facial features or yeah, um, no, that's for sure posture or whatever. Uh, so as long as the clothing is very distinct, I think it's completely fine to have this. Yeah, it's a fine line, and I, I mean, based on the fact that they haven't done this yet, it means that they're taking it very seriously, right? Yeah, <clears throat> and I think people will pay a lot of money for stuff like this. You're basically I'm get, also getting to, guessing. Yeah, knowing how they do stuff in CS:GO one of these skins or some of these skins are going to be super rares. So it's going to For be sure. something. I, I, don't, I don't think it's just you can buy any of them or you can earn any of them. Like some of them will be rarer and really rare. I mean, and they will the be two that they, they're advertising when you go on their website for the bat or for this new update is the mm-hmm. woman and then this old guy with a mo Like uh, it's not a mohawk, but I can pretty much guarantee these are the two rarest if there are rares. I'd yeah. be shocked if that's not the case. And if you think about it, what people like when they get like cosmetics in the game, right? There, CS:GO already has a really valuable marketplace with weapons that are worth hundreds or even thousands of dollars—the really rare ones. Mm-hmm. People like that because it's cool to show off and it's unique and it's something special. If you have a special skin, so you look different in the server entirely, also to the enemy team, that is valuable. Like I'm just—I feel like if there's an ultra rare skin, it will be the most valuable item in the game's history. Um, yeah, possibly. Like these these kind of things, at least could if, on top of being rare, they can have all of these like extra things that can happen in, um, in CS:GO with like items having a different quality or having tournament connection or whatever that determines their value. Um, this yeah. can be. I mean, they, they came out. Okay, a lot somebody of in chat just said well. the rare ones are like twenty dollars. <laughs> So honestly, like I'm just surprised if that's the case because judging from CS:GO's marketplace and how they've done items so far, I I thought this would be something that they would do, like just continue the tiering of items that they've already had into this, mm-hmm. and then you know most of the skins are easy to get or not very expensive, and then some are like medium price and some are like really rare, but maybe not. Um, I don't know where that source is from, but anywho. Anywho. 
Yeah. So they came yeah. out a bunch of other cosmetics as well, which we don't need to go over. Nice. A bunch of new maps Lots in addition. Uh, the new maps, I, I'm still waiting for them to bring, like, I, they brought it back briefly, but they never made it a competitive match map, which is DE Season. That was the most, out of all the, ver- I played more Counter-Strike than almost anybody in the entire world, Cinder. The most balanced map ever created was Season. I don't know. I, I, I didn't play much of the Go version. I know it looked a lot different, but the Source version was the most balanced map of all time, easily. I, I wish thought, they'd bring it back. Uh, I thought CPL Mill, at least at one point from yeah, CS Mil- 1.6, was considered. No, Mill was maps. very imbalanced because it was very oh, CT sided. Okay. There was a better map that um, was it CPL that came out as well. It was called Tuscan. It was a Tuscan, rendition. I remember as an word. It was a rendition of Mill that took out the CT sided oh, yeah, by yeah. making by expanding that area. Right. Which that map was brilliant. That was a really good map. Like there's certain maps like you have. Like literally a decade of like uh, statistics showing how good these maps are. Like Contra is another one that they could expand on. Like there's a bunch of mm-hmm. old maps. Like bring them back. Come on. Wasn't good. Tu- was tu- was Tuscan not played competitively in CS:GO ever? Mm-hmm. Does the map not even exist in CS:GO? I've never. It does, I've, right? I've never seen it in CS:GO, but I don't haven't oh. played in like two years, so okay, I can't say for sure. Fair enough. Okay, moving on. Uh, so. Valve made an announcement, and I think the only reason they made this announcement today is because it was getting rumored. I think some stuff had leaked, but they tweeted out their first tweet ever on this account, which is at Valve Software, already verified, by the way. It says, we're excited to unveil Half-Life Alex, our flagship VR game, this Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Can't wait to share it with all of you. Okay. Can we just... Can we just say quickly how much of the stuff that we've talked about just came together with this tweet, actually? Sure. We said we said that Half-Life 3, which they're not naming it because then they just can't do that, but well, it's the next Half-Life game, would okay. come out. It would come out on VR and that Valve needed something big because of the competition that's been going on lately. So all of these things are culminating with this one tweet, basically, right now. Not to yes. make ourselves be like, wow, we're geniuses. We're so we're good. Geniuses. Blah, 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 plenty, of, plenty of people have thought about this. No, it's just it us. Kind of, basically, it, we're very smart. Breaking kind of, news. Half-Life it, Alex. Is- <laughs> it kind of confirms the stuff that we were talking about, I think, which is, you know, always great. Uh, so we're not totally stupid. But anyway, um, yeah, thoughts. I don't know. There's no gameplay yet. Um, I'm not... I guess we can both say we're not really surprised. I think a lot of people were very surprised. A lot of people thought this would never happen or were not expecting it. Um, But I think it makes a lot of sense that since they've invested so much time into this technology, Half-Life is probably their biggest brand, right? I would say. Yes. Um, Yes. Historically, at least. Uh, There's a lot of history there, so there's a lot of opportunity. And since they have put so much effort into VR, they should take their flagship title there and uh, do something with it on on vr so yeah cool stuff um i think some of the criticism that i think is very valid right now and that i would i want to talk about the next step supposedly about one percent of people that have steam have vr so the amount of people you reach with this title that you've put so much effort and time into is very minimal there will be a player base for this game that is not so big unless everybody that has Steam VR wants it, which you know 
as possible. I mean, if you think of it this way, we talked about this before with VR and the index specifically, or any VR for that matter. It needs a killer app, mm. right? I think Beat Saber is yeah. as close to a killer app as you can get right now. I think it's an amazing game. Half-Life is a completely different genre. It connects to completely different people. It's the biggest IP that Valve has by far. It's something that people have been waiting for for a very long time. I don't know. If, mm -hmm. like, it depends on how good the game is. If it's as good as everyone is hoping, then it will make a huge difference in getting to the next step for VR. Because it's going to be literally the only Half-Life game in the last 15 years or whatever it is that is out, and you can only play it on VR. That's the big thing. It's yeah. Highly doubt it's going to be on PC. As a, yep. I could be wrong. Like They haven't announced anything, but what would be the point <laughs> if you could play it yeah. on, without a VR so, system? I feel like there's two ways of looking at this going forward. Either this is a smash hit and the game is amazing and people want to get VR and want to buy Valve's games on VR and they invest even more into VR. Or this somewhat flops, not necessarily because the game is bad, but it's just there's not as many players or as big of a base or the technology mm -hmm. isn't ready yet. I think in 10 to 15 years, VR will explode in how many people access it how affordable it is and whatnot. But as always is the case with new technology, it just takes time before the average household will have this kind of thing. Uh, and VR has some Unless it's 3D, limitations. and then it's just a gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just the technology has some limitations that haven't really existed with entertainment systems before. It needs space. Like, that's another thing. You need the space for it. You need super good hardware, mm, which has been the case for games in the no, past, right? You don't need space for something like this. Because... You're not going to, it's not like you're walking around. Like when you're playing FPS games, you don't walk around yourself usually. You have the option, and I think it's going to be pretty, like the standard way to move is with part of the controller is just using the joystick. So you can sit and you can aim like this in your seat. So you need a little bit more room, I guess, than you would normally. Okay. So that's a lot less than I thought, though. That's okay. That, that definitely helps. So then the main argument is just about the how strong of a rig you need for this which right. obviously hits hard in a lot of countries um it's it's going to be on the source engine i would assume though so that's pretty mm -hmm. low maintenance I mean, we'd as, have as no far as i understood the right. kind of the kind of computer that you need to run this stuff is not cheap right i mean yes. we're obviously in a minority here that have very good setups but the average player especially in many countries will not be able to afford this like just flat out won't afford it well, which the index kind itself of is, is ridiculously priced right exactly like if you have this kind of game that is let's say this game is amazing it's such a shame that so many people don't get to enjoy it because the time just isn't there yet maybe they will enjoy it in 10 or 15 years like i said but for now they just can't afford it and so what i was going to say was if this game is good I feel like one of two things will happen. Valve have invested so much time and so many resources and so much money into this technology. Either with this flagship game, they realize, okay, this was all worth it. We're going to keep pushing for it. Or they get a bit of a pushback and they're like, okay, this will take longer time. We will now redistribute more resources toward other technology for a while. Mm -hmm. Because this is kind of the thing that I think a lot of people at Valve have been working on for like a decade by now. They've worked on this VR shit for very, very long. Uh, and this is the... This will be their, like you said, the the, the title that I, I don't want to say makes or breaks it because this can be good or great or bad and doesn't mean anything about the technology in 10 years, but it probably means something about how they distribute resources because obviously they care about profit, right? Um, and well, I think this is, will be Valve's first big test of how much money can this technology make us right now. Mm-hmm. 
Right. So the so, question is, when will they announce their other games? Because it was... Right, it was three uh, games, right? They, they said three flagship games. Not in this tweet. This mm-hmm. was a long time ago. So yeah. the question are, what are the other two? Are they completely different IPs? Is it maybe something Dota-related? Are they all Half-Life, perhaps? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Either way, that's going to be more news to come on that. Uh, there was a rumor that it, this will be released March of next year. Um, okay. So not that far away. That's very soon... For a Valve announcement, yeah. Uh, not necessarily. It's also like we obviously don't know how they've done with beta testing and stuff, but on this kind of technology, this kind of game, I'm assuming the world, like if you build a Half-Life game and you put it on VR, the world is probably relatively big. So there's plenty of space for tons of bugs and wrong interactions and whatnot. Uh, that's a pretty short time to beta test this kind of game. So there must have been... A beta testing community or they've just tested it very seriously in-house but it's always like with this type of of gameplay or whatever you can't only in-house test because right. there will be things you didn't you just didn't think about as developers how people would interact with the technology how they would interact with this area uh, what kind of things they're trying to abuse in the game like it's also kind of part of the flair i guess with half-life <laughs> but some of the things are it's kind of Part of this, especially for speedrunning history, the game was very broken, right? But um, for the average so, player, you want things to work. What you're right? saying is so. that we are both available to beta test Valve if you need us. One of yeah, us actually already Shannon. has an index that I purchased yeah. myself for a thousand fucking dollars. Right. I'm available. <laughs> <laughs> Christ, that was expensive. Yeah. Okay, uh, moving on. And the last thing until we get to our last segment. Uh, I think I mentioned this before, Boneworks, which is a game... Oh, actually, sorry. I, I feel like I didn't really finish off. Let I felt just, like yeah, you were going to interrupt I, I, I should have followed through. feel my bones. Through. Please. Yeah, I should have followed through. So, um, I think if... Um, I actually, let me ask you instead, what do you think is going to happen with this? Do you think this will... How to say? Do you think it will be a success and Valve will keep funneling a lot of resources and time into VR, or do you think the time is not ready yet for this and Valve should focus more on PC games? Because that's what a lot of people are asking, right? They're like, Valve, you're spending so much time on VR. Please just make some good video games that we've had for the last, you know, many years. Because they haven't really made anything for the PC in how long? Was Dota 2 the last big game they put out? Artifact didn't work, right? That failed, basically. Underlords is also mobile. It's not, how to say, I don't want to say it's not really a PC game because it is, but there's nothing inherently about the game that requires PC tech, right? It's it's mm. playable on mobile. So, so yes, I'm asking for like a title that really uses the technology because that's what Valve have always been about, right? Like their games have been pretty challenging for hardware and stuff historically and really pushed the limits. So they haven't really made the next generation computer game since... Half-Life 2? <clears throat> I mean, Dota well, 2 they made, but it, you can, it, it wasn't their CSGO? own. Right? Yeah. That's also Half-Life. Right? True. So, I'm, I mean, yeah, it's a bit of a stretch, perhaps, calling that Half-Life, right? But eh, um, It's technically true. They, they, haven't, they haven't made, like, a new genre game kind of thing. Portal? Except, yeah, Portal. Portal was probably the most recent one, I guess. That's fair to say. Portal 2, maybe. People have been, you know, hoping for something like Portal again. And it, when when did Portal Two come out? Is that ten years ago? I mean, imagine Portal Three on VR. That has to be one of the games, right? There's no way. 
That sounds like the perfect VR yeah, they've, game. They've got to do that. Absolutely. Okay. Release date of Portal Two was April 18, two thousand eleven. So if we both think that was the last like really revolutionary thing, it, I mean, it it was a puzzle game. We've had puzzle games that, before, but Portal wait, was say, iconic. Did you say April of twenty eleven? Yeah. So, so then a few months a later is ago. when Dota Two, or yeah, when yes. Dota Two came out. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So, in terms of like this really creative, new thinking game world design they did this was are we is it being fair is it fair to say that this was the last one they put out yes or am i missing something so that's eight and a half years ago right so obviously it makes sense for people to be like man valve when's your next cool new game coming out because they've had some great games right uh do you think okay another thing do you think side by side with this that they are working on a pc title or do you think this is just where they they've really focused and What's and what's your opinion? Because you have the thing, right? You have the index. Yeah. Do you think a game like Half Life will be awesome in this? And do you think this will be a breakthrough, or should they still focus more on PC for now and the technology? The FPS games that I played so far have been pretty underwhelming, but mm. based on things that I've been seeing, and which we'll talk about just very briefly, is Boneworks, which is coming out December tenth now, right? Uh, which is, looks a lot like Half Life. Um, the stuff that you can do in there looks really cool. I don't know how it would actually feel playing it. Maybe FPS just feels better for me on with a mouse and keyboard versus a virtual reality headset. I have no idea. So I don't think it's very wise to put all your eggs in one basket, regardless of what that basket mm-hmm. may look like, which VR is very risky one, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time believing that they will not come out with a PC version at some point. I don't think it's going to be for a while because it would right. defeat the entire purpose of putting all this investment into VR-related stuff if it's not exclusive, at least for a certain time period. Right. Like, just from a business standpoint, I, I can't understand what the point would be. So, so maybe okay, a year I, down I, the are, road. Are you excited for this? I'm, I'm having a hard time reading Like, if you think this is going to be fucking awesome because there's been things in the past that you were really excited about. And I don't know uh, if... No, not really. Not gonna lie. Actually, not okay. So, so what did you get the console for? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, mean literally, Half Life Three on your new index is not getting you excited. What will? Well, this is the thing. This is the thing, Sindarin. When I looked at it, I'm like, wow. First person shooters, they look like they'd be so much fucking fun to play in this headset. So far, they're not at all for me. For some reason. Beat Saber, like I said, that's the only reason that I put on that headset right now. That game is incredible. It's really fucking good. I won't say if it's worth a thousand dollars. Headset mm-hmm. good, but it's really fucking good. Uh, of course, you can use that game for any VR headset. It doesn't have to be indexed. Right. So I, I'm, I'm cautiously not optimistic. I'm not pessimistic. I'm kind of neutral on this. I'll, I'll see it when it comes out or I guess this week we'll get more information and we can mm-hmm. make some more judgments about it. I'm not particularly excited. I'm not, I don't think it's going to be horrible. It might be okay. I don't know. They've right. been working on it a long ass time. So maybe it is amazing. Yeah. I mean, so, let's be real. Like the games so you, that Valve have think... come out with recently have been kind of underwhelming. I mean, Artifact for me was amazing, but the general public mm-hmm. shat on it, mostly because of the monetization, yeah. which we won't get into again. Underlords, mm-hmm. pretty underwhelming as well. I mean, it's, it's not a game you would ever... It never would be your main game to play for most people, mm-hmm. you know? So, I'm a little... I don't know. 
meh about it. I suppose. Okay. What about I you? Think Do you fi- feel the final same? question. Final question. Then I'll let you move on. <laughs> okay. Could a PC game from Valve get you more excited than this? Yes, hundred percent. Okay, because sure. then that tells something about your view on the technology. So you you just don't think VR is quite there yet? No, definitely not. Where? Okay, gotcha. yeah. I mean, it's a cool experience. I mean, I'm, I'm but... just genuinely asking. Like, I'm not because I I don't have a VR setup myself. I've tried a little bit of Valve's VR a few years back, and I was like, this technology is super promising and could be crazy. But I also had this feeling that we would need maybe even a decade to really get there with full-scale games. So I'm just a bit worried about this kind of a release of this this kind of a title. It's not that I don't... Like, when I put on the VR headset, I'm impressed every single time. Legitimately. I think this is really cool. But I'm on my computer 95% of the day, and that's for a reason. It's just so much more intuitive. It's easier to use. I don't have this fucking giant thing on my head that's weighing me down. Mm Uh, I can relax. I, there's just so many things about it that are just more convenient. You know, the headset—it's—it's yeah. it's interesting. It's cool. It's nice to try every once in a while, but it's never going to be something I'm just doing all day. You know, just not feasible. Right. So, meh. Okay. Cool. All, all right. right. That's enough about that. Let's move on. All right. So the last segment we'll get into, guys, is kind of our predictions for the Outliners patch, which is coming out. Uh, but first. Mm-hmm. And I haven't talked to Cinder about this yet. Depending on the day that it comes out, we may have to change the day of our podcast. I'm not 100% sure about this. Just be forewarned that it's possible because um, you predicted that it will come out on Sunday, the yes. 24th. And I said 24th. Monday, the 25th, right? So, I think something like that, yeah. By the way, uh, did we bet on this? Is this considered a bet? I don't think we did. But if you yeah, want to eat so- another tomato... All right, let's forego the bet. I don't, I don't want to be wrong again. Um, I don't want to take the risk. But if it does come out on the Monday the 25th, I'm going to be very busy making a lot of videos. And Sindarin and I, I think you've agreed to this unless I dreamt it. We're going to be doing a patch notes analysis video slash semi-podcast. Like, yeah, exactly. And then we might have to delay the actual podcast for a day later because it doesn't make sense to have all that stuff all at once. Yeah. Um, I mean, on top of that, like I said, we're literally getting the dog on the 26th. So that is the day of the podcast usually. So I think just to keep things safe and just put it out there now, more than likely next week's episode will be recorded at a different day than the Tuesday. So either... Maybe we record it on the Monday if the patch drops Sunday, or even if it drops the right time Monday, we could maybe get something in like patch notes plus the podcast, or the podcast gets pushed, or maybe even skipped next week, because I will have... I don't know how full skipped. my hands will be. Skip. I don't know how full... I don't know how full it will be. I, I mean, we can... All right. I, I don't, I don't want to skip. I think we'll definitely be able to do it maybe just a couple of days later. But yeah, my hands will probably be a bit full on the start. All right. So I guess it's dependent. I so just, what we want to do. I just do, don't know, right? I don't know right. how much That's fine. this will take. And what start, we want so. to do again is to read like an actual patch notes analysis where we go through line by line, Cinder and me, as like a an addendum to the podcast. Mm-hmm. As like a 0.5 episode, if you will. And then a later episode, like a day or two later, where it's just a general synopsis plus whatever, like we can talk about the Half-Life thing as well. So that's the plan. Things can change. We'll see. Okay. Do you have specific predictions for the Outlanders patch? Well, that's the first question. And the next question is things that you think that you want, but you don't think will get in. So we'll start with what you think is getting in. Okay. I think, so we obviously get two new heroes. And they, yep. it's confirmed that they both come out at the same time, right? They will both come out in the same patch. 
Yes, correct. Okay. Um, I f- I'm gonna guess two new big items. Okay. And I think the map will be reworked to be more symmetrical. I think shrines will change um, in either in location or in um, how to say either in location or in how the terrain is laid out around them. Because right now, if you think about it, all of the shrines are kind of high ground placed for Mm -hmm. the teams. In the past, it was different. Uh, But in this patch that we've had for such a long time, the shrines have been a very strong defensive mechanism, maybe too strong. Uh, if you think about the games that you play, how many a fight have you lost trying to fight into the enemy shrine in their jungle? When and I never learned. When you think about it, you should inherently it should be rewarded and encouraged to play aggressive in their side of the on the side of the map. Right, it's about gaining ground and winning, and you do that, of course. But I think maybe right. the shrine placement and the high ground of it is a bit too good, so maybe okay. that will be changed. Hmm. Uh, so I would say probably something like that will be changed. Good maybe they will scrap shrines entirely. That would be my bold prediction is that we've tried this for a while and we don't mm. like it. I don't know if that's going to be the case, though. Um, but I think Ooh. maybe you could do something different. Uh, I have an idea. <laughs> if you want to get rid of um, the... Sh- All right, I'll get to this for my predictions. Um, Go ahead. Uh, what else? Uh, I think Holy Locket will get reworked. Uh, that is one that I think will be a rework. I don't think they will just rebalance values. The item will be rethought. It didn't work. People will never buy. I literally have not... Like, Holy Locket, 1% of games, it gets bought by one hero. Just so 1%? Hmm. Yeah, maybe like that. The, the item's just bad. And I mean, I said what I meant was I thought it would be less than 1%. Oh, um, yeah. 100 games is, yeah, maybe even less than 1%. Uh, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen it in a game, honestly. I have. Wait, who buys it then? Uh, you said one hero. I saw it on an IO recently. Okay. Uh, yeah, somewhat recently. I, I don't know. It's I feel like I can count on like two hands the number of times I've seen it, right? But that would also be a thousand games then, right? Mm-hmm. You need to like one percent is it's still very few games. Um Yeah, what else? Um We're gonna get some I mean it's a, such a safe and boring bet, so let me think of something better. Sure. A third tower in each <laughs> Oh my goodness. Sounds great. Um no, I, I think for now what I said is fine. I'll let you know if I can. What about a third more. talent in your talent tree? Oh. A true tree. Hmm. Okay. Max so, level 30 for heroes and a oh, baby. talent. So, Oop. yeah, my, my specific predictions for this Outlanders patch, obviously the two new heroes. I think there's going to be three new items. Uh, whether you want to include Holy Locket as one of those items, if it's redesigned completely, maybe. I don't know. I think three new mm-hmm. in addition to that, perhaps. And I have a, this is a bold prediction. Because Valve seems right. to like my ideas very much, Cinderin. I mm-hmm. think, well, I shouldn't say this is my idea, but we did put it in the mod. Right. I think one of the items will be similar to Nokra's Blade, also known as Harkin's Blade in Han, which is an intelligence-based item that you buy for like intelligence carries, typically. It mm-hmm. changes the, your attack to be magical. So each, what is that effect called, like with Drow, where you have the, the toggle effect, right? Mm-hmm. You toggle the item, and each time you attack, it costs you mana, okay? And your attacks oh. will lower the magic resistance of the enemy in addition to changing your attacks from being physical to magical, um, which I know you think is a bad... I, I think the last time we talked, you thought it was kind of weak. But the stats of the item, like in Han, for example, are really good. 
like mystic right. staff levels like it just amplifies that right so mm -hmm. i would love to see an item like this so that's my bold prediction um obviously like a bunch of the nerfs like you talked about i think the biggest one is going to be a nerf to morph ags because of the earth shaker stuff yeah morph shaker will not work the way it does. Do you think they're just going to redo the ags maybe entirely for for morph? Perhaps um, might just scrap the entire idea. Like, maybe I don't know how to balance or that. I mean, you can. I think so. What I think is a problem with morph's design right now is that the hero is inherently not that good, but the ags is really good, right? So you have a hero where there's this discrepancy mm -hmm. between the hero itself and an item it buys. So I think what you do is, for example, to remove this morph shaker stupid thing, you you make it so that every every time you cast morph, you dispel yourself with positive buffs too. So let's say you turn into Shaker and you cast Enchant Totem, then you have to also hit as Earthshaker, not as Morphling. Because if you turn back into Morphling, you lose Enchant Totem. Mm. That would nerf these interactions where you place buffs on yourself, similar with Omni Knight, where you turn into Omni and give yourself Heavenly Grace to become a boss or whatever. And then the trade-off should be, if you nerf that, then make Morphling a better hero in general. So that now you get the eggs for a specific purpose in the game rather than to make your hero work <laughs> almost. Right. It's like a and make Morphling just a good hero again. I just That's an interesting idea. I find this I think that's a problem I think it's a problem design wise when a hero is defined by an item it buys. I don't think Dota should be like that. Mm. Um, and you could say there's exceptions to this where you're like Earthshaker with Blink. But I think that's the exact reason that they made his eggs, or you could still go for stuff. You know, there are like other ways of landing your spells. Because historically, there's like a few heroes that could almost only be played with one item. In the past, mm -hmm. Sand King with Blink Dagger, Shaker with Blink Dagger. But since there's these new tanking builds, you can have games with Sand King not going Dagger at all. Uh, you have games with Shaker skipping Dagger to go eggs. They got like new alternatives and new ways to play. And right now, Morphling just feels like, you know, it. Every game I see more fits because it can buy axe and do something stupid, you know. Yeah. So it's not a very healthy thing for the hero, in my opinion. Fair enough. That's a yeah. cool idea, though. Not getting because you still get do you the think mobility. Any item will be removed? That's the crazy thing. Ooh, that's a good question. In we've had both, Holy what have we had removed recently. We lost Aquila. We lost Iron, Iron Talon, Talon, and Poor Man's Shield. PMS. Yeah. So, is there something that? I, like, we lost Aquila. Do you think we're going to lose Bassy? Like, this item is very, very it old is very good. in Dota. It has a lot of history. Uh, I People personally would, don't think we'll lose They would that. throw, they would have a riot. Let's be real. <laughs> Bassy is <laughs> classic. Ring of Basilius? Yes. Uh, I don't think so. And that, that actually, I mean, that, that I, actually I gets into think, my next thing. Um, again, I think if, is, do we consider an item removed if it gets totally reworked, like Holy Locket? If they just... Change it if into they, something entirely different. If they Is totally it rework it, they'll just rename it. So that's a new item, right? Yeah, right. If they don't rename it, yeah. it's the same item. Then I think Holy Locket might actually get removed. Okay. Uh, the last thing I think that they'll have in some respect is a new player experience that they were kind of referring to, like a basic tutorial mm -hmm. of some kind, a lot of quality of life additions to the game, which, I mean, there's so many you can go over. Uh, yeah. Remains to be seen what they think is actually helpful enough for newer players okay so let's get into specific things that you want but will not but get. get okay um i want a techies rework holy shit like holy actual shit. rework okay i think um i think i won't get it because 
then we would have got it years ago. And I know that's a really weak argument, but Techies has been, in my opinion, a design I don't like for 10 years, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I inherently dislike mining in this game. Uh, I, I feel like it doesn't fit. Um, and I know a lot of people like it. So that's probably also why it hasn't been reworked because it's such a polarizing hero. I'm just one of the haters where I feel like in this game, having this kind of mining hero just isn't enjoyable. Like I'll just say it flat out. I don't think it's enjoyable. It's not enjoyable to play with. It's not enjoyable to play against. And it changes games too drastically compared to everything else. So the problem is this is a team game that is a lot about team dynamic and movement and making calls and relying on everybody else. And... There is no other hero in Dota that plays more of just its own game than Techies does. It's just, it doesn't play with or against everybody else, if that makes sense. It's just out of place. It's another reason you, even though it's on the same scale, but Ark Warden has some similarities in some respects. He has similarities, but I still think he's, exactly, he's way different. And his minds are visible, right? That's the other thing. You you can play around it it in a different way. Um. This is not like me saying Techies is broken or is this, like is overpowered because it isn't. It's just it, I don't find it enjoyable in the games and people get frustrated. It's very clear when you play pub games, there's no hero that gets people angrier than Techies. There just isn't. Even getting cheesed by Alchemist last pick or Broodmother, I remember people I remember don't that as much when as techies. techies was announced at TI and I was sitting yeah. at the podium in a cast with Lysander and I hear everyone cheer. And in my mind, I'm like, you motherfuckers have no idea what you're doing. Yeah, I thought you the will regret this thing. I was decision. like, you don't know what you're cheering for. You have no yeah. idea. <laughs> I but mean, I, I'm at the same, same time, same I'm also aware, obviously, that my perspective on this stuff is not the same, right? Because I have a very competitive and a very, yeah. like, a more serious mindset about Dota. And for just switching off and just having fun, it can be great fun to play techies. And you also need to remember the perspective of the guy playing it. But to make it simple, I would make like an equation. Is this is this hero making the game more or less enjoyable? And I think techies is one of the few heroes in Dota that's just a net loss of fun. And to me, that no needs a rework. Except for the person um, playing. So the way I would rework techies is I would make him, I would keep the demolition theme of explosives, but I think Mm -hmm. it would make it way less passive. And the first step that they made was blast off, right? Where you like kind of, you have this hero that goes in and explodes itself. And I think you could explore that idea more. And then maybe instead of having mines, you could have the hero more like ballistics or rocket themed. Maybe it could have a, you know, kind of like ranged explosives to a different in a different way or um yeah you chipper from han you could imagine Cinderella. you could imagine that kind of things uh instead so mm-hmm. that's personally the number one rework i'm hoping for but i don't think i'll get uh, okay. i think techies will get changed but i don't think it'll get reworked that drastically that the mining gets taken out i just don't think it'll get taken out agreed um outside of that what would i like um I don't know how you do this. That's the thing. I would like a way in pub games for last pick to not be as powerful as it is. Um, they pick at the same time. Yes. If they I'm pick the same hero, pick, they get duplicates. Actually, Two of the same heroes. I was in the actually same considering, game. if you imagine this, if you imagine the pick order that we have right now with one, two, two, blah, blah, blah. If mm. you went one, two, 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 one, then both teams would have four heroes. And then... 
on the final pick for both teams, they pick at the same time. But what do you do if they pick the same hero? If they That's both, the only problem I have. If with they it. both pick the same hero, that hero gets banned. Then they have to pick again. I like that. I That's like fucking that. cool, actually. I like that. I actually, I, f- I fucking that's love cool. that, but I don't think we'll get it. But that sounds awesome because it removes the last yeah. pick ridiculous advantage. And there will be moments, obviously, where one player will just get lucky and pick a great hero against the one the other guy thought about. But then there's a little bit of mind games and player knowledge. And the knowledge isn't one-sided. I think that's the most important thing is that it will be, it will vary who gets the advantage where right now the guy with the last pick is just an inherent huge advantage in pubs. Right. Um, I actually think your idea sounds super cool, but I don't that's think the best we'll idea it, we've I ever come up with, Cinderin. I love that. If Which both pick Val- the same hero, it gets banned. Valve will take it's it. Like, man, take this our is idea. such a good Lena game. Yeah, man, it's such a good Lena game. <laughs> Fuck you both. No Lena. <laughs> Play something Perfect. worse in the game. Nice. Yeah. I mean, you could use it as a... You have a lot of mind games because if you know the other team needs a specific hero, you pick it Mm -hmm. knowing that they're going to pick it, thus it gets banned. Yeah, but what if they don't? Exactly. The mind games. I fucking love it. I love that. That sounds awesome. Uh, All right, are you done with your list? You got more. uh, He just asked if I want it for all pick or for captain's mode as well. This is strictly for pub all pick. I think... I think in captain's mode, having last pick is obviously an advantage, but the way captain's mode is uh, is balanced right now is actually very good. With the team that doesn't have last pick gets a lot of other advantages in the draft. Like they get counter picks in second phase, and they get counter picks in the first phase. So I don't think. Uh, Although, to be fair, I don't think if we did see this, like this. If we did see this in a competitive game, that would be fun to watch from a spectator standpoint. Absolutely, sure. I think it would be fun. Yeah. All right, you got anything else on your list before I do mine? No, I think I think that's good. All right, so things that I want to see but I don't think we'll get. I want the next hero to be announced. I okay. would love for them to have like three every three months to come out with a hero. That's what I want to see. A running schedule? Um, yeah. Okay, I'll stop you right there. Here we go. Why do you want that? Because I, I just want more heroes. You want it to keep the game fresh. I, I love new heroes. It's the most fun thing mm-hmm. about this game. Because... Like, think of it this way. If you come out with two heroes mm-hmm. a year, which they're kind of doing, what if you just hate those two new heroes and you've played all the rest to death? Then like, you, for me... Then you cannot play every hero to death in Dota. There's too many. To a point. I mean, there's a certain amount of heroes that I know I will never enjoy playing, correct? Okay? I have a very yeah. specific play style. Sure. If you come out with more heroes, mm-hmm. it just becomes more fresh and there's more chance that I actually can actually play a hero right. and enjoy it as much as I do Pango, best hero ever. Right. The reason I'm interjecting is when... I think putting scheduled hero releases is a bit dangerous because it can end up in a point of forced creativity, right? It's like, we have to put out heroes. We don't have a really good idea. That's when hero design gets bad, is when you have to push I agree. it. And I think, I think it's one of the problems League of Legends had, honestly, in the past, was that they were pumping out heroes, and they were just not that interesting, at least from mm-hmm. what I could see. People kept saying, man, it's just the same shit over again. Oh, it's attack damage carry that has a dash and a skill shot you know like at some point you run out of ideas and i don't know about han but i had the impression as well that uh, s2 started pushing out a lot of heroes and they just weren't well thought out like they weren't good a lot of that was because ice frog left the team so their heroes were complete garbage after that but they were also Uh, pushing them really regularly right every three months is heroes i think every three months is too often i think like one every six one to two every six months is fine because you have yeah, plenty of that's time. That's more than enough what time. we get right now, I mean, right? We like got right two now, this I, year. I guarantee you they have like a shit ton of heroes that are just in the backlog. They have the abilities. Mm-hmm. It's not Probably. that difficult for them to make good heroes, honestly. They, they've had so many years. 
Um, I think okay. um, I, I like your idea of two heroes a year. And then instead of having them both in one patch, they come in intervals. I think it would be really cool to have a Christmas hero and a hero two months before TI. I want that hero four heroes a year. So you okay, come out with so two you, every six months. So two every six instead of one every three. Right. So two comes out like after okay. TI and then two comes out, you know, six months later to the point where maybe they can be balanced enough to be in TI or or not. They can just be pub okay. heroes at that point. That's what I would like. Right. Uh, I think this is a small thing, but I think they could balance ability draft to be much more interesting. Like, for example, drafting Fair. the body of the hero. I think that's the biggest imbalance in the mode. What, for, like, from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. If you, like, when I play, which isn't that often anymore, but if I get clinks as a body, I know I'm fucked. It doesn't matter what skills I get. I'm fucking fucked. That body is the worst in the goddamn game. It's horrendous. If I get right. CM. Draft your bodies and then your abilities, and I think the game becomes mm-hmm. much more interesting. And then fix the bugs, obviously, in that mode. Um, you talked about getting rid of shrines, which I said I had an idea. You could get okay. rid of the secret shop, Cinderin. Uh, buy everything from the normal shop. I would love to see that. We've been talking. I've been talking about this for years. And if you want to keep, and, the sh- but the you shop still want there, the side shop. Yeah, the sh- side shop's fine. And then if the secret okay. shop wants to stay without the current items, you put in consumables, and then you get rid of shrines. That's kind of like a shrine okay. <clears throat> in a way, right? Pay for shrine mm-hmm. kind of thing. I mean... I would actually like to see that gameplay. I don't know if I could say that it would be good, but I would like to see how it works out. I'm less into the that problem idea. I have with I'm it, more on the idea of not having a secret shop anymore. I'm, yeah, I don't the like The problem it. I have with it, like a region dispenser in the middle of the map is that if you think about what shrines do right now is people put pressure on each other in lane and every five minutes they can go back to shrine and reset. If you have a dispenser where you can just buy region, then people will be trading nonstop and running back to buy region and it becomes this like battle of just harass, 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 go buy heal, harass, right. go buy heal. And I don't think that's good gameplay. Um you could have no, a limited I, I a limited amount of consumables in that store, and then you can do it a bit. I don't know. It's, it's Again, it doesn't I, sound. I think. It sounds awkward, so. I personally think the shrines are fine. I think that you're right about the high ground stuff, but I'm fine mm-hmm. with them. You know, having the shrines in the game, and I just would delete the secret shop. I don't like the idea, the concept of the secret shop at all. Yeah, don't think it adds I, anything I agree to with the game. You that that's a thing you want but won't get. Yes, thank you. I, I think that's very accurate. <laughs> Do you okay. Think, okay, actually, since we're talking about shrines, do you think four is the right amount? I mean, let's say we both. I don't think shrines are inherently bad. I just think it's something that could change because we at some point we had like ten of them per side, right? We had a million in base, and then yeah. we had we've had different iterations now, so they've tried different stuff. I don't think you can do. Do more. you think they're good? And if yes, do you think we have the right amount? I think it's. I think it's fine. And do you think the placement is right too? Do you think that's where they no, should be? I, I agree that maybe they shouldn't be on such like a high ground defensible position. No, regardless of the layout of the map, just the location. The, the, the location. So regardless of the location is the right. The one. terrain. You're talking about the actual yeah. location. Yeah, I think location. Just where they're fine. placed. Do you think that's think, the right place? I think it caters to offlaners, which <clears throat> should be the point. Okay. Or two of them at least, for the most part, right? right. <clears throat> I think those are the two that matter the most, are the offlaner ones. I think that's a big deal. Other two, I could see maybe some changes on location. Mm-hmm. But okay. All right. Uh, two more. <clears throat> one is not that big of a deal, but I think it would be fun having Aghanim Scepter effects for all heroes, like in Dota 1. I would love to oh, see yeah. it. Oh, be Nice be little dope. classic like thing that. there. And I have a very groundbreaking idea, which might not be good for new players because it becomes more confusing. 
but it's mm. interesting nonetheless. You know, there's so many items in the game, Sindarin. Yeah, I know that. What if you come out with 30 new items this patch? 30. And you have a rotation of items <laughs> that are available. Does this sound like a certain game for a week? You mean like, like Jail in Underlords? That's right. A Jail in Dota for items. I hate it. Thank you, Cinder. I appreciate it. I wholeheartedly <laughs> hate this idea. <laughs> Please to be clear, do I don't like this idea either. I just thought it was a hilarious one to bring up. <laughs> that is something, uh, well, you, then you don't even want it. You said no, you I don't, don't like the idea. I don't like it. But I would say you won't get that. <laughs> I agree. Sure. What if we get it and then we all love it? Huh? Can you see a world <laughs> like that? <laughs> I mean, there's been plenty of times where we've been skeptical about stuff and it turns out okay. Especially me, right? When we've talked about things in the past, oh, cosmetics are going too far. Oh, oh this is too blah, 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 blah. I mean, a lot of the time it's fine, right? It's still it's, the game. It's fine. But... Like some people are more evolved to start with and other people need to grow into it. Like I, I get yeah, it. That's you know, me. It, it makes sense. Very primitive. All right. So I believe that ends our episode for this week. Uh, have you seen Imbruge or Joker? No. Thanks for watching. Uh, I wish this was more interesting end to the episode. But remember, you can catch this episode of We Say Things Live every Tuesday at 1 a.m. PST, 10 CET on twitch.tv slash TV. That's a lot of TVs. If you missed it live, though, don't fret because it'll be uploaded to Dota Cinema's YouTube channel and is available via audio on all audio apps. Check sunsfan.gg slash podcast for the full extensive list. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Remember, <clears throat> next week's episode might be delayed based on when the actual Outlanders patch comes out. Are you excited, Cinderin? I'm actually so pumped about this update. I'm excited. I'm very excited to see. I'm excited for Grandma. Me too. That should be a great hero. The other hero, well, we'll have to wait and see. All right, until next time, goodbye. Bye. We say things that don't mean anything But thanks for listening